On the current issues and the Constitution show, Professor Wilson will encourage you to stay informed and read the U.S. Constitution. The show is intended to shine a light on current issues that impact your daily life. Professor Wilson has twice received the American History Teacher of the Year Award in the state of West Virginia and is the recipient of many honors. He served in the armed forces and is currently a college professor. He is a true patriot who believes the understanding of the Constitution is key to our future and our future freedoms rest with informed youth. Please join us live where you can ask questions or listen on your time. Just follow the show feed to receive the latest shows delivered right to you. Don't miss any of these informative episodes. Are you ready? Take out a copy of the U.S. Constitution, a notepad, and let's get ready to learn. Well, hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I have on the line Professor Wilson, who joins me uh, for every one of these sessions. So welcome, Professor Wilson. Thank you, Felice. And as usual, and as always, I am very glad to be here. Oh, that's so great. And, um, you know, Woody, we have discussed uh, quite a few uh, events and issues and uh, topics uh, on this show, and I don't think um, Benny has has touched as much of a core as the last few shows with Agenda 21 and uh, the Common Core, uh, you know, dealing with education. And I think because so many Americans, um, my own family in, in particular, really um, have rested on the thought that our American um, Constitution was going to protect our rights, and we're finding now with these things that have cropped up, you know, very insidiously, if I might add, that our rights are in jeopardy on many levels. True, true. Uh, they they just kind of cross cross check each other and merge in part and merge in part, but. I think it's all come it always these things always come towards some kind of a central thesis. And mm-hmm. that's um that is something for parents, all of us actually, to worry about. Right. Well, one of the things that we've been able to do on this show is to um encourage people to do research and uh to ask questions and I think a lot of times like the questions we're gonna talk about today uh, that really deal deal with um, the introduction of Common Core, if you will, to our audience uh, with a video that I watched and, and really learned a lot about, and that is CommonCoreMovie.com um, that was produced um, with the cooperation of HSLDA, which is the Homeschool Legal Defense Organization, and uh, they are a group of attorneys that uh, are protecting the rights of homeschoolers on many different fronts uh, with law cases as they come up. Um, And so they have been very instrumental in getting the word out about Common Core as well as letters that we can write and some action uh, type of things that we can do. And so if you um, follow some of the links that we'll have um, in this broadcast replay. So if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to go to current issues in the Constitution forward slash Common Core 2 um, because we do have a, a com- another Common Core audio. So if you 
uh, type in that URL, you will um, just go to current issues in the Constitution, probably the easiest way, and scroll down and look for the, the Common Core uh, audios, and that probably is the easiest way. And then um, in that post, you will find uh, links to all of the things that we're talking about today, so I don't have to give out lengthy URLs. Um, so one of the things uh, we're going to be talking about and discussing, and I'm probably going to jump around in some of these questions, um, the first is from a mom who wanted to know, um, you know, what is it that we can do and how effective would writing letters to our, um, you know, local, state, and government, uh, federal, uh, do in, in kind of stopping this when it's already out there, Woody. So, you know, what would be uh, your take on contacting our state legislators? Okay, well, as as you all know, um, in Amendment 1 of the United States Constitution, uh, six, for, six provisions are granted. And last of them is that uh, citizens, citizens may petition the government for a redress of grievances. And so you certainly have the right, in fact, you have the constitutional right, and perhaps to an extent we can interpret to mean responsibility to petition the government when you have grievances. And with Common Core, we all certainly have, well, not all Americans, but all of us uh, in this venue certainly do have objections. Letter campaigns work if there is something approaching an avalanche of letters or emails. Uh, you can go online and get your congressman's email address, your state legislator's email address. <coughs> now, I'm not sure about your state, but my state um, has that website, and probably yours does too. And you just start hitting them with emails. It can't, it can't be like 20 emails from one source. It has to come from a broad base of, of the citizenry in the district in which that legislator or congressman was elected. And, and that, I tell you, letters work better than emails. Letters they take more seriously because the sender is taking the issue more seriously. But a combination of both, along with phone calls, you will also get a phone number that you can call in not 99 times out of 100, you'll be leaving a message. If not 99.9 times out of 100, you'll be leaving a mm -hmm. message. But if you hit them from those three angles and uh, you communicate with other homeschool parents and um, supporters of homeschool and get this barrage going, you can make a difference. A lot of times, um, these your representatives do not, have much knowledge or understanding of the issue. So one of the things that you can do that we have found very effective here in West Virginia is that you educate the legislator, you educate the delegate, you educate your representative as to the particular issue that you want him or her to take action on. And yes, absolutely it works. I remember when I was in uh, Lee County, Florida, uh, Fort Myers. I was um, the chief negotiator for the teachers union. <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to admit that I uh, was a member of a union once upon a time. 
although unions can be um, very helpful to their workers, but nonetheless, um, we made a presentation to the Board of Education, and after the meeting was over and people mingled about, I talked to the uh, president of the Board of Education, and she told me, she said, uh, you know, when I get three letters or phone calls on a particular issue, then I take it seriously. Now, on the state or federal level, it might take more than three. It might take 10 or 15. But you, you folks can do that. So get, get that going. Uh, be part. Listen, there is a dissent against Common Core all over the United States. Sometimes it's statewide. Sometimes it's district-wide. Uh, we are fighting a battle here in my county in West Virginia, and we're going to fight that battle until we win. Uh, we've already got seven legislators on our side from our district that will introduce uh, legislation next year calling for the repeal of Common Core in West Virginia. It probably won't succeed at first, but eventually it's going to succeed. And we're also going to ask our Board of Education here in the district to examine ways to resist Common Core. I've already been told by one board member that they are going to take the West Virginia content standards objectives and the Common Core standards and put them side by side, and then they're going to slip the Common Core standards under the West Virginia content standards and objectives, so to speak. So we're just going to blend. They say they're going to blend uh, the best of Common Core with the state content standards and objectives. So the West Virginia CSOs will remain the primary guidelines uh, for student education in West Virginia. And each state will do that differently. But you can affect that kind of policy or that kind of policy change in your state with a communications, so let's don't say letter writing campaign, let's say a com communications campaign on all mm -hmm. fronts. And, right. um, and I think you'll get some results. And if you can get it publicized, now, if you can get an article in the newspaper, if, if you can get it outside of your district into other other areas of the state, and that's what we hope to do here in my district. Uh, we intend to start something and uh, help it to spread to other districts in the state. And uh, one by one, um, we get a majority of districts. The state has to react. Very so, and, so absolutely, and also, go for it. Right. And also, um, you can share this audio with those uh, that want to know more about uh, Common Core and even what Woody is doing in his area. Um, at, when you go to the website on currentissuesintheconstitution.com and you find our show, you just click on the title, and right there are all the social media buttons, and you can even email it. So if you want to send um, this particular audio to a friend uh, or send them the um, uh, direct address, the URL uh, for the show, they can come and listen either on the website or they can download it to uh, find out more information. And again, that's what we're hoping to do with this uh, show is to educate people. I, and I just wanted to recap um, from, uh, this is from the Common Core Issues Frequently Asked Questions that was on the HSLDA site dealing with Common Core. Uh, they they recapped, I thought, very well what the Common Core standards are about. And it said, the Common Core standards are two sets of K-12 through academic standards that outline 
what students are expected to learn in English, language, arts, and mathematics each year from kindergarten through high school. The goal of this checklist is not literacy, proficiency, or increased graduation rates, but to make students college and career ready. And then it went on to tell um, who wrote the Common Core. But I think that's very interesting because if you want to improve academics, and that's the whole idea of Common Core, that they wanted to come out with better guidelines or better, um, uh, how would we say it, Woody, um, you know, better standards than most mm -hmm. of the states had, you would hope that they would also want to see that the outcomes uh, would be proficiency. <laughs> and um, they're also leaving it up to the states to choose things uh, in, in some areas like books and also implementation. Um, and, and interestingly, um, I, I was talking to one of our nieces uh, during our break, and um, she has children in private school, and I asked her if they were using Common Core standards. And um, she said that their math was, was really ridiculous, you know, it was convoluted, because she didn't, wasn't really sure if they were or not. And, I, and that, so that's the first thing I said, well, how, how are their math papers and math homework? And she said, oh, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. So I teach them the normal way to do their math problems, and I send a note to the teacher saying, this is how I'm going to be teaching my children. And it's very frustrating because it doesn't make sense, and she can't figure it out. And this is Kathleen, who is an attorney. So, um, you know, just so people out there know, while we've been talking about it and studying it, the majority of people, I really feel, are still out in the dark um, about what is happening. So um, I wanted to share that story with you, Woody. Yes, I um, I understand. In fact, I've talked to, uh, within the last three weeks, I've talked to two math teacher friends. Uh, one is just totally discouraged. Um, he is um, at, at one of the local high schools, a very good math teacher, by the way. And he says, I just don't understand this common core math. It doesn't make sense. And it's in violation of everything that he had always taught, um, algebra, geometry, calculus, and so on. And he, he said, they even tell me that I have to have students working in teams. Um, on these problems and you know what happens in teams one person does the work and everybody else copies it and nobody learns and so he was just totally frustrated now I talked to another math teacher one of the sharpest individuals I've met in the public schools he is a um, retired Navy officer uh, who decided to do something else with his life and uh, Quickly got a degree in math and uh, came into one of our high schools. He is now National Board certified, very sharp individual. He said, "I took one look at Common Core and I just uh, Common Core math standards and I just laughed." And then I put the manual away and continued to teach the way I know best. And that's one of the problems with state, federal bureaucracies and these Common Core folks. Is they they don't understand that they cannot tell teachers how to teach. And you cannot rewrite mathematics, but they're apparently attempting to do that. Now, in uh, the reading language arts standards, 
I've read all of those uh, a few times, and they're in very good English, and they're not very much different from West Virginia CSOs. Uh, it's the same language, um, analyze, assess, draw conclusions, basically critical thinking stuff, which we're already doing in West Virginia. So, And that's why I said, I think in a recent show, that uh, most of the teachers I've talked to are not using Common Core Standards. They've been adopted in West Virginia, yes, but teachers simply are not using them for the same reason as the math teacher, the uh, retired Navy officer that I mentioned. Um, they're continuing to teach the way they teach, the way they've always taught, or the, and they develop their own uh, teaching practice. Uh, through research, seminars, conferences, and so on. Um, so Common Core is, you know, there was a big splash, but uh, I think the ripples are very, very minor, at least in my neck of the woods. Um, it's just not taking hold. It's it's like when Henry Ford in a, invented the automobile, I didn't invent the automobile, but when he made automobiles available to Americans, the whole nation rose, rose up and applauded. I don't see that with Common Core. I don't see that kind of acceptance and that kind of reaction and that kind of eagerness uh, to get to work with it. I don't see that happening. I'm seeing more and more objection to it uh, in different parts of the country. And we're, like I said, we're trying to do that in our neck of the woods, and I hope that you are in your neck of the woods. By the way, it might be a good Hi. idea to put an advisory group together, a committee, a council, whatever you want to call it, of homeschool, homeschool parents um, in your region and meet together. And you know people outside of your area. Uh, contact them and urge them to do the same thing. Now, so many times in our history, like with the women's suffrage movement, Wyoming gave women the right to vote in 1869. Utah followed a few um, a couple of years later, and then other states began to give women the right to vote, and it kept spreading, and finally, the pressure was so great, Congress proposed the constitutional amendment, and of course, it was ratified. Women got the right to vote, but it started in the states, and it started in areas of states, grassroots movements, and that's what we've got going here. There are a lot of people just like you, uh, fellow Americans all over America fighting against Common Core. So the harder we fight and the larger the group, the more ears that we can speak to in both state and federal legislative branches, the, the sooner we're going to have the impact that we want. So just keep going after them. And again, I do not see this thing as a Model T Ford. It just doesn't have that kind of truth and effectiveness about it. In fact, there's a little bit of insanity about it. Now, I can understand why private industry wanted to support this. I was in a class, I think I told you this, let me reiterate, many years ago, um, it was a psychology class. The professor was a psychiatrist, and he was basically saying that private industries are not going to allow themselves to fail because they are not getting from the high schools and colleges skilled and educated workers. They're going to come up with their own schools. They're going to develop their own schools. So if you want to work for Xerox Corporation, you go to Xerox Prep School. That's after high school. 
Um, and if they think it's necessary, they'll put you in a college business program if you think you have the ability to affect. This is what he was was predicting. Well, he was partially wrong. Yes, private industry is interested in a skilled and educated workforce. But instead of building their own schools, like a charter school, for example, but it's a, a uh, private industry school, they all got together to support this common core thing thinking that that would solve the problem. I have talked to many people, teachers, principals, school board members, county officer, uh, county office administrators, two friends in the West Virginia Department of Education, and they unanimously agreed with me that Common Core is not going to make a difference. It is not going to stop the decline in student learning and achievement. It's another fad that will fail and the schools will continue to decline. That is the consensus of the people I'm talking to in West Virginia. Maybe other people in other states see it differently. I know the Common right. Core people certainly see it differently. Right. So they're vulnerable. Also, they are vulnerable. It's a, it's a, it, it's a paper house, and, and it can be brought down. It's just going to take you and uh, millions of people like you to do it. Right. I really think it's going to take the masses because um, let's start with the last question in the list that I have here, and it's, um, you know, can you comment on the suspension of parents from schools for speaking out against Common Core? And there is a YouTube video that um, speaks to this very issue where this man is being asked to leave because he wanted to ask questions, and uh, they were uh, not taking any questions that were not handwritten, and they rambled when they did answer the questions just to take up time. So, was that at the you know, school board meeting, or that was at the school board meeting? Yes. Yeah, that wouldn't happen in um, in, in my district. Um, that parent would have been allowed to ask questions. Uh, but perhaps uh, that district had a policy where you have to write out the question. If some, you know, send it in in advance. Uh, type of forum, and maybe he didn't know that. Uh, I, I really don't know. Uh, but in my district, all you have to do is put your name on a piece of paper. Um, you basically sign up when you appear at the meeting, and you will be allowed to speak. Right. In fact, well, we've that done was, that. Yeah, but I, I, I remember like another um, incident um, a few weeks ago, someplace in, in, uh, in California, a mother who was upset about Common Core was suspended from the school, that is, she's not allowed to enter the school, uh, because she was, she actually produced a flyer and gave it to her son and had him distribute that in the school. And for that reason, the, the school intercepted it and stopped it and banned her from any further involvement in the school. Uh, I don't remember for how long, but it wasn't, it wasn't forever, because she is, after all, a parent. And the school responded by saying, said, we, we cannot allow this. You know, you'll have people coming in. You have atheists wanting to hand out flyers. You'll have same-sex people wanting to hand out flyers. Um, it is disruptive. It creates a, uh, a, a, an atmosphere of conflict. can even re result in violence between students um, when these kinds of things are allowed. So for those reasons, they disallowed it. So from the school, that school, um, Sacramento was, uh, that Sacramento school district, um, their vision is that they're protecting 
their their school and and the stability and the you know the learning environment of the school, but to me they handled it badly. Why didn't they sit down with this mother? Why didn't they invite her to come in and talk to the principal and a couple of teachers, uh, something, and uh, you know air it all out? And right. perhaps they could have recommended to her that what you want to do is go to the school board and um, and get other parents to go with you. And you know it's a democratic nation, freedom of speech, right to petition government for redress of grievances. Okay. So. They, I right. don't well, think they handled it very well, and they, like they became defensive, as I recall. Right, and I did find it, Woody. It's, um, it was titled Parent Arrested in Common Core Meeting in Baltimore County, um, Maryland, and the, this, uh, I will have a link to that video, and uh, there's been over 1 million views um, with 2,351 wow. thumbs up and 148 uh, thumbs down, and... Um, he explained, um, I, I have watched this video before, but he did explain why um, he was um, upset. And so people can watch that video and find out. Okay, well, let's go on to some of these questions um, in just a minute uh, because we're going to have to take a break now. So let's do that, and then we'll come back and answer these questions that have been sent in. What happens when you learn about the fabulous facts of American history, add notable presidential events, and a good measure of the U.S. Constitution? Well, you get a history class that is informative and has no rival. See 64 hours of video taught by AP-level instructor and award-winning professor of American history, Robert Woodrow Wilson, or recorded with a live audience. Now available on demand on your time, you can view this class from the comfort of your own home. This video course comes with instruction, handouts, and the tools you need for a high school level course that can be enjoyed by students of all ages. Especially designed for the homeschool audience and published and produced by Media Angels, a company you have learned to trust with the goal of excellence in education. Need more information? Sure. Go to MediaAngels.com or go to AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com and order your set today. Your kids will thank you. Well, welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm on the line. And on the line is Professor Wilson, and we are going to be taking questions um, for those that were interested in following up on the Common Core uh, show that we did previous to this one. So, um, Woody, one of the questions I would like to ask you um, is, uh, you know, some of these are, are constitutional or federal, um, you know, type questions, so I, I'm happy that, um, you know, that people are thinking. But it, it, the first one is, what have um, what have been the changes to and it's F-E-R-P-A, FERPA, or Family Educational Rights and Privacy, and I believe it's called the Buckley Amendment, uh, pertaining to data collection and dissemination of information and where does the data get stored? And then the second part, is it a state-level or federal-level issue? Uh, that, that piece of legislation was passed um, a long time ago. I, Nixon was president then. Um, and the the purpose of the intention of the legislation was to protect the privacy of students um, because when you have mass testing 
it's very easy for people to get a hold of that data and um, use it uh, for nefarious purposes, not necessarily for legitimate purposes. So that was the that was the um, point of the act, and it's still the law. But taking a cue, I think, from Mr. Executive Order Obama, uh, the, uh, several of the agencies in the executive branch have taken it upon themselves. You look at the EPA, for example, to implement policy changes as they see fit. And this one, probably this question of student data and, and sharing that data, who can have it, who can't, this one is probably eventually going to end up in the United States Supreme Court. Because like the president changing the Affordable Care Act, the Department of Education has issued policy changes that weaken the privacy protections built into the law in the first place. And they're doing so acknowledging that they understand that um, many people are contending that they, the department doesn't have the statutory authority to, to pass these policies and regulations, that only Congress can do that. So ultimately, this one will end up in the Supreme Court. But here you have, and this is a this is a thing. Every time I see something like this, I think of that Jefferson quote I've shared with you many times: "Is the natural tendency for government to gain ground and for liberty to yield." You give these people good human beings, you give them power, and they just go crazy. And we mm -hmm. see several federal agencies doing that. So apparently, they the part. The regulations that the U.S. Department of Education has recently uh, put into practice will allow data sharing with uh, outside groups, with third-party groups, let's say, uh, like uh, 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 private corporations or other states. And I understand that some states in regions are sharing data and uh, trying to work on it together. Now, Every state does it differently. Uh, West Virginia this year, in their legislative ses session, passed a law saying that the data sharing um, of West Virginia students can only involve grade level and test scores. No names, no social security numbers, no phone numbers, nothing. The only data that West Virginia will share or that any district in West Virginia is allowed to share is uh, leaves the student totally anonymous. So West Virginia might send data uh, to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They might send data to Ohio and Pennsylvania and Virginia, but all they're going to get is grade levels and scores and classifications like how many students were white, how many were black, how many were SES, that is low social economic standards and, and, and those kind, how many were special education, those kinds of things. But no names, no personal information at all will be allowed from West Virginia. Now, other states may do it differently, and I think you would be wise to make a few phone calls and um, maybe somebody on in your district office would have that answer. You might have to go to the state and call into the State Department of Education and you know, be patient. <laughs> Bureaucracies uh, take a long time sometimes, but um, you can get that answer as to how, what policy your state 
has or is going to put into place regarding privacy protection of student test scores. You can do that. Yeah, and this question, um, I, I think, is probably one that we'd have to, we probably don't have the answer for, but I thought this was an interesting question. Who has the authority to disband the Department of Education at the federal level? That department costs us millions, if not billions of dollars. Excuse me. That's a very good question. As a matter of fact, for the last several years, the Department of Education's budget has been more than $100 billion. Wow. It has been very significant, and it has grown steadily. Uh, so who can change that? Who can eliminate the Department of Education? Congress with a presidential signature or Congress uh, with a presidential veto and an override of that veto. Only Congress can do that. As a matter of fact, remember back in 1994 when Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House, uh, uh, towards the upcoming election, he put out a document called the Contract uh, for America, and it was or Contract with America, and it was basically a, a set of uh, legislative and policy changes that he envisioned that would put America back on the correct course. And one of those was the elimination of several government agencies, elimination, not decrease, elimination. And one of those that he had lined up for elimination was the Department of Education because, as he said, the Tenth Amendment protects the right of educational policy to the states and to the people. The federal government is un totally unconstitutional in in get, trying to get involved in, in state policy. But, but you see it, and again, you give these guys, you give good people power, they go crazy. And once they start, once they get to foot in the door, they expand, 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 until finally they take control of the entire thing. That's what governments do, and that's what Thomas Jefferson recognized and warned us about. Warned us about. That's why they wrote a constitution with separation right. of powers and checks and balances to protect us against that kind of government growth. But but here, I think you have a a, a culture of power in Washington D.C. right now. And I think these agencies are taking a cue, or maybe they've been given instructions by the White House to go ahead and ignore Congress and do whatever you need to do uh, to establish the policy that you think needs to be established or that the president thinks needs to be established. So only Congress can, um, with a signature from the president or a veto override, can eliminate the Department of Education. Right, and you know, this is a follow-up on that. Is um, must Common Core be stopped at the state level, or could Congress intervene, since the Department of Education is on, an unconstitutional in the first place, as that is not um, where? And you just explained why. So, I, if you know, if, where, if that, where do you think it that, starts? If, if that question was posed to the United States Supreme Court, I think the Supreme Court would say, and I would agree with them, that. Um, there is no constitutional basis to overturn Common Core standards because it's a private affair. It did not happen in the government. And it is not required. States, oh, was it five or six states rejected it? I know of one state, I can't remember which one it was, I remember one state accepted the reading language arts standards and rejected 
the math standards, and that was okay. Um, no state had to accept Common Core standards, and any state can reject them right now. And, and I think seven states are moving to do that very thing, and we're going to ask West Virginia to do it. And I think one by one, uh, you're going to see Common Core uh, rejected from from state education uh, policy, and uh, ultimately that will weaken its support, its pillar, so to speak, and bring about its collapse. So I think that Congress uh, has no authority when it comes to Common Core. If Congress had passed it, well, that's a different story. Then they can repeal their own legislation. But this is not a congressional act. This is a something out in the private world. Okay. No, so, I suppose Congress. Oh, go ahead. When when I was watching the movie um, CommonCoreMovie.com is where you can view it. Um, one of the things it explained was that many of the states bought into this because it was supposed to be a continuation of Race to the Top that was Obama's, um, you know, incentive. And it also was tied in to quite a, a, a nice amount of money. And it was at a time when we were facing our worst, you know, recession ever, and the states were desperate for funds. So, true, you know, and that's like still this, true. Right. This carrot was dangled, but it was, you know, in order to get the money, you had to sign on that you would be implementing Common Core. So, um, you know, that was the big incentive for the states without really looking at it, I believe. And, you know, like you had looked at it and I looked at, you know, some of the standards and just looking at some of them, they didn't look that bad. But that's not the problem. It's the implementation of these standards, like this WACO math that's coming down the pike, uh, plus some of these, um, you know, very suggestive. I've seen a lot of links to what some of the reading material is for the children, uh, totally inappropriate. Um, and, you know, if you want to talk about values clarification, um, that would be one of my objections to it, you know, whose values are being implemented, definitely not mine, um, on some of these levels. Uh, but but in addition, we're now going to be, uh, you know, that's just the, the first step or, you know, unleashing this monster, if you will, um, to these unsuspecting families because, let's face it, Woody, you know, you and I um, – have have degrees in education. You were in the system much longer than I was. There are good teachers. There are many who love, you know, kids love teaching, want the best for them. But uh, so many parents are overwhelmed. You've got, you know, single moms, single dads. You have uh, dually working uh, couples. You have, um, you know, people that are overwhelmed or like my own brother, uh, you know, highly degreed and his wife, both college grads, both dually employed, saying to me if they wanted to homeschool, they would have homeschooled, and the schools are sending home way too much um, homework, and not only that, um, it doesn't make sense. So they're very frustrated, and I cannot even imagine what their home is like when they pick up my niece at 6 o'clock, because that's when they get off of work, so she's in an after-school program, and they sit down to do math, and he said, what is this garbage that they're teaching our kids? So, 
however, how how much is he going to, you know, is this going to maybe be an awakening call where these parents are now going to have to take a role, whereas before, you know, they can barely get done what they need to get done and go to bed exhausted. Um, you know, are, are they now going to take a role and say, okay, you know, of course I was quick to educate him on what's going on. Um, but he wasn't, hadn't even heard of Common Core. You know, um, our niece hadn't heard of it or wasn't sure. So I think that there there still is a lot of education that needs to be done um, on the parental side uh, as well as, um, you know, on the state level. And, you know, like you, very um, a very good suggestion is this advisory group. And I want to read you, if I, if I could, um, a comment here. Uh, by Tara Jenner, who's a good friend of mine, and uh, she's a frequent um, listener to the show, and she reminded me that she is starting a group called Politics, the Constitution, and the Bible, uh, that that they are going to be starting in her husband's um, office, and he is a a doctor locally in town, and she said, it's a nonpartisan, not promoting any particular candidate. Uh, She goes, but during the class afterwards, we will, because all bets are off. (laughs) She said that she wants people to know uh, that there are political forums, debates, and meetings, and get information out about the candidates, which she did um, locally uh, recently with um, the representative vote that just took place yesterday. So I'm really happy to hear that there are these groups getting started so that we can um, become informed. But I, I, I think I, I, you know, I'm not as hopeful as you are that this is all going to crumble unless a lot more people are, are get involved. And so that's what I'm hoping that this show is going to, you know, urge them to not just sit back and think someone else is going to take care of it, because don't you think that's a lot of what happens? Yes, yes, exactly. And one of, one of the, you know, in a very general and broad sense, one of the things wrong with America is the apathy and the ignorance of the American people. Uh, it seems like as time goes by, we become dumber, uh, less interested, and it's it's really difficult uh, to get people stirred up about issues, especially when you've got a thing like Common Core, and they seem to have been uh, very careful to keep it secret uh, for a very long time right. and uh, make sure that it doesn't hit the uh, national media headlines in the local paper, that that sort of thing. It's just like Agenda 21, and you know people have never heard of Agenda 21, uh, but it's there and it's having a powerful impact. It's taking people's property away for crying out loud, in many parts of the United States, and it never gets headlines in the local paper. And I think that needs to happen. Um, people have to be awakened that an outside force has come into our communities and is trying to take control of our students, our students' minds, our students' values, trying to take that right away from the parents and those those kinds of things that it it needs to hit the headlines. And it has done so in many places. It has done so in my county. And we made sure it did. We made the presentation in a board meeting, and two newspapers and a local television station were there taking photographs, films, writing articles, and it was 
front page news. And I kind of think that's what you need to make happen um, to get the people to wake up and say, hmm, what's this all about? Uh, and and finally uh, begin to rise up with you. I think that that's the trick. That's what grassroots is all about. Uh, in fact, you know, I've never done it, but it just occurred to me that maybe we could go uh, to our search engine and type in grassroots strategies. And we might get some articles that put out very good ideas about how to organize your grassroots movement, how to communicate, how to reach people, how to organize, uh, and those kinds of things. So, you know, if you're really um, serious about this and if you're really interested in protecting your rights, both as parents and as families, under the Constitution of the United States' 10th Amendment, then um, you might want to put in the time and take the responsibility, as millions of Americans have done before you in um, all kinds of cases, women's suffrage, uh, the workers' movement, the civil rights movement, and all those kinds of things began with the people, grassroots. Right. But they were willing to devote time and energy to it and sacrifice even. Well, so um, let me ask you, ask you another question. Um, very good, very good information. I think that's a great idea of looking, looking that up. Um, another question was, how is this going to impact home education in your view where the SATs are aligned? And I, I want to um, take a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of time to answer a little uh, of that question because uh, we happen to have a show host on our Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, uh, College Prep Genius, and she um, has done a series of um, of audios, and she was a homeschool mom, and uh, she does have an audio that says, don't fear the new SAT. Uh, there's recently announced changes with Common Core, and it's con uh, caused confusion and panic. But she said, um, you know, that she um, is going to be addressing that in her um, audios, and she has an SAT prep that is excellent. So um, I just wanted to let you know about that for those of you listening that we do have another show on the network that is addressing that specifically uh, for SAT prep. And then, Woody, if you wanted to add anything else. Well, I, I, I take from uh, Stanley Milgram uh, of Stanford that uh, the SAT and ACT tests both are going to be dumbed down. Uh, so that mm -hmm. large numbers of students don't don't fail it, which will would destroy Common Core uh, completely. Uh, so, I mean, insofar as homeschool students already outscore public school students by a whopping thirty percent, I don't think homeschoolers have to worry unless mathematics is going to be a problem. If um, if SAT and ACT are going to line up with Common Core math standards. That um, that really could be a serious problem for students that don't study the mathematically aligned standards of Common Core. Now, in reading language arts, there's going to be a lot of document interpretation. So you can uh, you can look at the at the uh, Common Core standards or not. Just students should be analyzing, and I've, this is what I did when I taught. Students should be analyzing primary source documents. 
If you want to know about George Washington, don't read what some historian said. Read the papers of George Washington. He'll explain himself to you. Or Thomas Jefferson, if you want to understand a piece of legislation, don't read about it in a newspaper article. Read the legislation. Analyze it. And there are rubrics that you can use for that kind of analysis. So if students become skilled at this kind of critical thinking, which we all believe is important, Common Core does also, then um, they're not going to have any problems with the RLA, RLA part on SAT or ACT. Goodness, I'm talking like a bureaucrat using initials. Uh, but the math thing, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Um, if there is an alignment on SAT to the Common Core standards, then the Common Core math, I assume, would be something that any student, public or homeschool, would have to be proficient in. Uh, do you agree, Felice, or disagree? Now, I, I, I know that if, if you are college-bound, that's the only assessment that really is going to have an impact, unfortunately. So that's why I'm interested in seeing and, uh, you know, uh, getting the kids prepared. And, you know, mine are, um, you know, almost ready for college now if they decide to go that way. And I've had some some of my, uh, two of my boys actually are not college-bound at this point. So, um, you know, but now I was thinking that I really need to have one of them at least take the SAT so he has those scores, you know, in case. But... Um, you know, it, it's something I think we're going to have to continue to be vigilant and learn about. And so, you know, and I think having this clarity that, that the state uh, level, you know, putting pressure on state officials is very important. Um, and, of course, getting the word out. And, um, you know, and then another question was, is there an issue of opting out of testing and the ramifications of that for the student when they force, coerce, or penalize? I know in some areas, uh, parents have opted out of the testing, and the main reason given in an article I read was that um, they did not want any type of data collection, um, mm -hmm. which they were afraid would be happening. So that was the reason they gave um, for opting out, and they were able to. However, you know, I'm not sure, you know, is that something you can speculate on, Woody? Well, I... That will that will vary again from state to state, and I don't know what the policy is in West Virginia, uh, where that that has not come up yet, as far as I know. Uh, but I would think that in a democratic society, where freedom is based on choice, could don't we have the right to choose whether we want to participate in a voluntary program or not? I mean, the program is voluntary. Common Core is voluntary in the first place. In fact, I had a school board member uh, speculate to me um, in a meeting we had. Um, uh, he, he said, well, if Common Core is voluntary and West Virginia voluntary, voluntarily accepted it, does that mean that Wood County has to voluntary, voluntarily accept it? Or does that mean if it's voluntary, can the state require us to implement it? Do we not have the right uh, uh, of choice in this matter? And in the same sense, and I agree with him, in a democratic society, a free people, you certainly should have the right to opt out of any testing program and enlisting in any other uh, testing program as you see fit. Right. I don't see why you could not opt out of a Common Core assessment. 
But again, yeah, it, it goes goes to state policy, and um, when you make that phone call to the state department, that's another question that could be asked. Or you might you would probably get that question answered on the local level. So if you know somebody in the county office or on the school board, uh, give them a call. But pursue that, right. and also ask about that math thing. Uh, if my my son or daughter takes a Common Core math assessment, and I have been teaching not Common Core but geometry, algebra, calculus, and so on, will he do well anyway on the Common Core assessment, or is he just going to be in the dark? Uh, these are questions you can find out. This has got to yeah. make the right phone calls. A good post or a good uh, comment here, and she goes, um, you know, if the SAT and ACT, because they're national standard uh, tests, um, you know, if they went with Common Core, how would that work? Because not all states are doing Common Core. So then are we going to have True. different tests? You know, that's a very um, a very interesting thing. And, you know, as we heard in the movie that the gentleman who was part of writing up the uh, the standards is now the head of the college boards, which creates the SATs. Um, yeah, David Coleman, I believe. Right, and that was very disheartening. Um, you know, so that's very upsetting. Um, and uh, she also said the public schools there have changed their uh, testing to Common Core testing for for the year. So um, Missouri, where she lives, has adopted it. You know, so, again, these are things that we need to be vigilant with and uh, keep track of. I really like this um, this PDF that was put out um, you, you can print out on your own computer that frequently asked questions about Common Core and that we're going to continue to be educated on this and other issues, Woody. So we are out of time now, but I want to thank you for coming and um, answering our questions here, which were a lot today. And we'll be uh, continuing on next week. So thank you. Right. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Current Issues in the Constitution. If you'd like to join us live, visit our show page on ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com. And for more information about Professor Wilson's classes, visit AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com. See you next week.